Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast. This is season two, episode four, Death Stranding, where we try to not only decide if this is a good game, but also, spoiler alert, try to spoil the plot, which I'm not even sure we're going to be able to do. Probably not very well. With me today, besides myself, Nate, we have... Craig Schumann. Welcome, Craig. Thank I you. have a question for you. Yes. Were you lonelier or more fulfilled during COVID-19? Can I say both? You can. But... I mean, that's kind of the terrible answer. Yeah. I would say that I was lonelier during COVID-19, but it was by the nature of seeing my shared friends being so connected. What? <laughs> Unpack that. Are we processing something right now? I think we're processing something. I personally was so enveloped in work and things going on that were taking up so much of my time that I was seeing people that were doing, you know, these get-togethers and game nights and having, like, you know, these experiences of shared, you know, connectedness from their independent spaces, and I wasn't taking part of those. So I think I was lonelier by nature of being more busy at my own, you know, professional life. Yeah, because work was tough during that period, right? Yeah, work was tough. Work was incredibly busy. Work was uh, all-consuming in a way that didn't really allow for much opportunity for, like, introspection or how do I reflect on what do I do with all this time that I'm inside and it's stay on work a bit longer in the days. Wow. Yeah. Um, how about you? I felt... I definitely, I think really early on when we were like in actual lockdown, America's brief flirtation with lockdown. Yeah, ever uh, so brief. I, I felt lonely, but I still had good friends around. And I spent so much time on Discord that it didn't feel too different. And then honestly, over the course of the year, I learned to lean more heavily on Discord. And I, the friendships that I did keep, like picking a quarantine buddy was cool. Yeah. Um, and that created a kind of friendship where there wasn't one before. So I guess I would say I felt more fulfilled. My job took off during that period. I think it was a good year. Yeah, it's kind of weird to think about. Like, is it a good year for us? I mean, you can get an old Imposter statement of, syndrome. yeah, but what, what does that mean for our own privilege of what that year looked like for us as well, as yeah. far as what comfort and things that we could have based on our, on our health and being a, able to stay home? It's a big yikes. Yeah, much like this game. Okay, great. So, before we humiliate the host by making him try to describe the plot... Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Is this a good game? Do you recommend Death Stranding? How many caveats do I need to associate to that before I can actually give a real statement? I'm going to pull a hardball and say you got to give me a yes or a no. Yes, I recommend it. Okay. Have you recommended it to other people? Yes. I also would recommend yeah. it and have recommended it, yeah. I think that even if you only experience a small gap of it or a small, I guess, hour or two of it, I think that can tell you enough to to kind of move forward. And I think it's worth picking up to at least start that experience and see, you know, if you want to continue. Agreed. Wow, I thought that was going to be the bulk of this podcast. Yeah, me too. I definitely thought there was going to be a challenge of determining, you know, if and how to recommend it to someone. But, I mean, a hard yes or no, I think there's only one way, and I think you just have to go, yeah, yeah. give it a shot. Okay. Did Why wouldn't you recommend it? 
Yeah. When we thought of answering this question, it seemed challenging, and there's something to that. I, yeah, that's why I asked if there's how many caveats, and then you were like, nope, hardball, yes or no. Right. <laughs> uh, why wouldn't I? Um, kind of cut off the discussion. It's a bit, what's the word? Bloviating. That's the word. Good word. But no one who's thinking, no one knows about the game that doesn't know it's a Kojima game. And I guess this has been par for the course for many of his games. Yeah. Has there been a, like, restrained Kojima project ever? PT. Okay. Okay. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. I mean, <laughs> but. Hum. Outside, I mean, right, that's a teaser. That's intentionally restrained. Um, yeah, I, no doubt the full version of PT would have been. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when considering, you know, if you recommend it to someone, I don't know if Kojima is necessarily, you know, like a precursor to knowing if you can recommend it or what someone can go into it with. That's fair. I had never played any of his games. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it might give you a context of there might be something weird going on here or something, like, not ordinary, or at least you have a suspicion that all is not what it's going to seem. Um, but I don't know if you would have much more context for that. I think the only thing not to recommend is the unexpected length of how long you'll be sitting for a cutscene. No, I think that's entirely Kojima-related. Okay. That's, that's always been the thing? <laughs> that has always been the thing. It's like, oh, am I going to watch a movie or play a game? And the answer is usually both. Okay. Um, no, I think from a, a gameplay perspective, that's where you might get into how you'd want to recommend it or not recommend it. Right? If you give it to someone that is used to something that has a bombastic opening and gets you right into the action and has you doing a bunch of things to, like, stimulate you, and then you give them this and say, hey, go wander around for a while and go walk between places back and forth, and hopefully that's fulfilling. Like, that's a hard sell. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, okay. I think that's a great segue into the topic I would love to avoid, trying to describe the plot of this game. Um, okay. So, where you, is it set? Iceland. Already off to a rock-rolling start here. Yeah, but I'm right. I mean, you're not wrong. At the beginning of the game, are you in the United Cities of America, or is your goal to re-found the United Cities of America? I mean, you're technically in the landmass known as the United States. Oh, okay. Just geographically. Yeah, yes. just geographically. Yes, we are in the continent of America. Yeah, well, that the country <laughs> north america there we go all right america specifically all right fair enough um we are norman reedus whose name in this game is sam porter bridges yep who works for the bridges company also true um and we are pulled in through plot into helping our mom okay who is the Daughter of the president of, of the former president. No, the current. We think it's the current president of the United States. Cities. United Cities. Yep. We discover that the president is very sick, but the nation doesn't know about it. And the daughter is has gone out west in order to try to reconnect all the cities of the United Cities of America with an Internet like phenomenon known as the chiral network. 
She sends you a hologram of herself saying, please come rescue me. I'm in what? Uh, the daughter, right? Yes. Portnut? No, Westnut? I think it's Portnut City. Portnut City, which is on the West Coast. And you're in the D.C. region to begin. So essentially... Was it Edgenot City? Crap. That would make sense. Can we just call it Los Angeles Not City? Right. That, I mean, that's a fair point. It is Edgenot City. Okay, great. So your goal in this game sets up from the beginning to be to cross America and rescue Amelie, your sister, who is going to take on the mantle of the president of the United States cities of Iceland. I mean, America. The game looks a lot like Iceland. It was definitely mo-capped and like texture capped in Iceland. There's, yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not even. A it's question. not U.S. by any stretch of the imagination. No. Other than, I guess, the cultural commentary. Um, so that's the spoiler-free version of the plot that you're set up with. But what ends up happening at the end of the game is you discover Amelie, the woman you're trying to rescue, is actually an EE, an extinction entity, who is born with an umbilical cord, as have all creatures throughout history that have spawned the beginning of extinction events, which Kojima proposes the four main extinction events of Earth's history have been from extinction entities born with an umbilical cord. And yes, that even includes like ammonites being born with umbilical cords, which someone watching my stream loudly well actually only mammals have umbilical cords. And then the game proceeded to explain that, yes, we know only mammals have umbilical cords. That's part of what makes the extinction <laughs> entities so special. So long story short, Amelie is born as one of these extinction entities, which means she can cross the divide between the worlds of the living and the dead. And as such, she represents what she feels is a, a, um, an extinction event that she believes won't bring total extinction to humanity, but will kill most of it with the side effect of increasing humanity's uh, genetic resistance to future extinction events by allowing them to gain dooms, which your protagonist has, which is a means of contacting and experiencing things on the other side of the void between life and death. Um, let's see. What else is there to say? I think there's a BB. Oh, yeah. How about that? Kind of, you have to kind carry, of important. You have to carry this BB, which is a baby, across the country because they've genetically modified babies that they remove from the womb of people with dooms, I think, and insert into these pods that you carry around. And they essentially plug into your suit as someone with dooms, and they give you the ability to visualize the creatures from the land of the dead that are lurking across the landscape. The BTs. Excuse me, the BTs. The BB lets you see the BTs. <laughs> and the BT stands for beach thing. And the BB stands for... I don't actually remember what BB stands for. I might go with beach baby, but I don't know if that's oh, true Oh, I think or that's not. definitely right. I mean, it seems... It sounds yeah, right. It sounds so on the nose that there's no way that Kojima did not say that is right. Yes. So your beach baby is key in the like all the marketing for this game where you see Norman Reedus and his funky fetus. This game is so stupid. It really is, but it's great. What it man, okay. What other media is this stupid and also this great is a great question, but not for the middle of the plot description. Probably so not so much. So at the end of the game you are given a choice, which I also need to talk to you about, to either have Amelie to stay with her forever 
in the beach, which is like the in-between land between the world of the living and the dead. Yeah. And that, in that sense, kind of like, I think that represents acceptance of humanity's extinction because by staying there, she continues to widen the gap between the living and the dead, which is what's threatening humanity. Like the, the bridge between life and death being more permeable is the thing that's bringing extinction, essentially. Right. So by staying there, you're kind of encouraging it. Your other choice is uh, to kill her, which she claims will let humanity live, but probably it's only a matter of time until another extinction entity arrives. Right. I think the it was like, you can do this, but you're just delaying the inevitable. Then at the end, I chose slash was kind of forced to choose to not kill her. Right. And then when we came back, she didn't make it with us, and Die Hard Man, your mysterious, most likely to be the villain guy that totally wasn't the villain, is actually elected president, and the nation is refounded as you walk away. And who do you find out that you are? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> you are Mads Mikkelsen's BB. Yep. Which is a big spoiler and actually really interesting, I thought. Only interesting in that it was well acted and well performed, but I'm still kind of baffled on that. So you are Mad Mickelson's BB, but then the stories that you're reliving or the memories you're seeing are your own that you grew up in. Yes. And who is Lou or your BB? Right, like Lou, another BB, just another BB that's unrelated to. Your lineage. Correct. Okay. So at the end of the game, you get a choice to free the BB and take the great health risk and legal risk, allegedly, of breaking your BB out of its container and raising it as your own. Yeah. Um, or recycling it because it's presented like this is a tool in building the new internet and it's no way for a creature to live. Right. So your your morals lead you to like dispose of it, but then you can decide to keep it. And when you decide to keep it, you realize that all the scenes where Mads Mikkelsen has been chasing you, reaching out for you, um, reaching out towards your BB, saying, BB, what he's really talking about is you, who are the real BB all along. His BB. It's all very overwhelming. It is until you, like, break it down, and then yeah. it's really stupid. Yeah, I mean, well, sure. But it's cool. It is. I mean, it's most certainly interesting, especially as you're soldiering through 40 hours of a desolate land trying to put the strands back together. Yes. There was also one thing I want to talk about. It's the side plot with um, Heartman. Oh, yes. story is that he was in a terrorist attack when his wife was giving birth. Something of that or am I nature? mixing all this up? Anyway, long story short, he loses his family in an accident and has this contraption rigged up to regularly kill him for just long enough to be able to explore. I guess when you die, you're sent to a random beach. So he wants to go find his family, who he's thinking are trapped on the other side of a beach. And by dying every 20 minutes and spending two minutes or so on the beach, he's searching for his family and hoping to bring them back. Which is a really cool short story set in the universe mm -hmm. of Death Stranding. I was like, I would like to explore more of that. I would be yeah. very curious to see what is the experience of constantly going in and out and phasing in and out between these different beaches as you're searching for loved ones. 
Yeah. Especially, I guess that's one other piece, right? Is everyone has their own individual beach, right? There's oh, a yeah, like, okay, yeah. So and their beaches don't have to look like one another. So a beach doesn't have to be the prototypical water, sand, so on and so forth. A beach is just the in between place, and it's made up of your own experiences, your politics, your race, your, you know, views, and all of that helps influence what the beach is that you go to. So I guess that's another that's piece that would be really interesting to explore, um, as well as people that die in, like, mass events then have beaches that conflict and interact with one another, which is another piece. Can you imagine all the grad school anthropology dissertations that would be written on the <laughs> identities of your beaches? Oh, man. All right, well, it's found a new thing to do your master's degree, at least. There we go. Or doctorate, I suppose. Did I do good? I, you did shockingly well. I mean, I think we we didn't necessarily explore, like, fucking Higgs. Like, kind of feels like an important piece. There I mean, was. Yeah. Like, Troy Baker Troy was Baker, in this game. Yeah. And he was good. Troy Baker was very good. Um, and then also the sisters, um, Lochna and... Uh, Mama. Yeah, Mama. I mean, I don't know if they, I I feel like out of anyone, they were more plot devices that helped bring different parts of the game forward, right? So of connecting and upgrading your Cupid and kind of more of the game moments, but nonetheless, their, their interactions and separating themselves from a BB that was, did she, she was, bo- she was, the she, BB died during childbirth and stayed connected to her. Is that what happened? Wasn't there a terrorist attack and a void out during her? Oh, right. The hospital like collapsed. Yeah. While, yeah, during it. And then, yes, and she I think gave you birth in the rubble. That was yeah. a hell of a scene. Yeah. But and then... then there was a BT connected to them. And that was how she kind of developed a lot of the tech for the chiral network. Isn't that yeah. right? Yeah. That's how she like helped understand how the Cupid would work, which helps reconnect the different cities to the chiral network. Um, and then separating herself from that BB that wasn't alive ended up connecting her to her twin sister again, reconnecting her to her twin sister. And then she died? Yeah, and then she died. I'm not really sure like, why. Her, and she didn't ever, like, turn into... Um, she wasn't oh, yeah. transformed she, her body into didn't a BT. Decay yeah, it didn't decay, which is interesting in an entire separate piece. Um, but yeah, no, I think uh, overall... That was a very succinct plot summary of something that had no succinct way of wrapping itself up. Now, I want to ask you this. Would you rate my plot summary as higher or lower than you would rate Death Stranding? Oh, man, I would... Higher. I was honestly wow. surprised. I was I was more surprised by how well your <laughs> plot summary wrapped up the moment. Um, than... I did not expect that to be a compliment. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I think. Okay. You want to talk about some of the themes in this game? <laughs> the theme is the game, I think. It's monster energy. Okay. Well, don't forget the beer. Yeah. All right. That replaced it halfway through. Did that happen? Yeah. Uh. When you picked up the porter. Oh, God. I just realized. Of course, the beer in this game is a porter. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. You pick up Bridge's Porter, which yes, I hope that is some very symbolic made. of the themes of being just 
the name of the thing. Dead on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no, there's no subtlety here, right? Picking up likes from people. This is the perfect way to talk about this game's lack of subtlety, is that it's so unsubtle that it ends up being subtle because you just miss some things. Yeah, that is entirely true. You're like, oh, yeah, of course that's what that would be. And then, uh, wait a second. Yeah, hang on. That's actually the real thing. Um, obviously, the game predicates itself on being about connection. Right. You are reconnecting the cities of the United Cities of America. Yep. You're also quite literally tied to the internet and tied yeah. to people's you know likes and dislikes and their kind of opinion of you is one way that it is integrated right you literally put handcuffs on that connect you to the network and yeah those don't come off like there's no subtlety there of chaining yourself to a social network for lack of a better term yeah which I guess we should just talk about playing this in and around COVID throughout the whole episode. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, it's, I don't... We both... So when did you play this? Okay, great question. I pl- I started in September of 2020. Okay. So like late, late COVID. Yeah. And then I finished in probably, I would say, June of 2021. Okay. So it was still... We were still talking about the Delta variant. We had still, but it kind of felt like the whole thing was kind of a memory at that point. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, by the time you were actually like finishing the in game. In the meat of the game, yeah. That's fair. And I played it during 2020, like actually throughout a lot of the times it was kind of the empty, if I ended up having empty time, it was the game that I went to during the pandemic, um, which was an interesting experience because, you know, you're the one way that we're staying connected to people is through the internet through that time, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of the linchpin there. So to, to think about something that's exploring, not just what is the power if we all become disconnected from one another and what does that do to fracture society? But then on the other side of that, where is the healthy balance if you are always connected to one another? Like, right. is that <laughs> what version of life exists in that world? Yeah, like how the internet enabled us to be so chained to work during that time. Right. Um, yeah, you start to drop out of the balance of things, right? And I guess if you're thinking about death strengthening and extinction events, you know, one of the things I think about from the perspective you're kind of being told is that it's supposed to ensure a better balance moving forward. And obviously when you're going through and doing deliveries and things like that, you're trying to create a balance between you and the others that are helping to provide for society here. But it's also impossible to forget or not see kind of the people that aren't included in those. Right. Yeah. Was this a game actually about connection? No, like, (laughs) okay, not really. Like, I think, there's like this facade of what connection can be. I think from a, so I, let me caveat that because there's two versions of this. One is, yes, it was about connection in a sense of people having to come together to achieve something, right? Okay. There was something that was like, we have to link together and quite literally have to bring our, um, collective like resources and abilities yeah yeah, like our resources are pulled constantly like there's a very collective action of 
to rebuild the roads and things of that nature. We're utilizing resources. We're utilizing what other people have. We're continuing to build this. And then to connect to the next person, you need to utilize the resources that the previous person helped you with, right? Like, so yeah. there's something of society building on one another. But then on the other side of that is this, what I found to be an entirely disconnected internet age, right? Of when you deliver things, when you get emails, you get likes, like literally thumbs up likes. And that's kind of like a currency. But I never found any sort of fulfillment from that. I never felt like I was doing any actions to create or further that, which very well could be a point, right? Like the yeah. point is that you're doing actions that don't, and the likes don't matter. Like that's the context here. Or like that's the, um, that's the point of view. I guess it's being imparted on this of like, this is our version of this. Like you don't need likes to bring society back together. You don't need this validation externally. But these are the side quests, right? Did you feel like the main plot of the game was putting the money where its mouth was in terms of connection? Like, did you feel like you were reconnecting a country? No, I felt like I was reconnecting a corporation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was a theme of connection, but not really the one the game was talking about. Connection yeah. between people. Not really between people. I mean, there was some elements of that, but I felt... That's fascinating. That's maybe, actually a really interesting perspective, yeah, I think. Yeah, like how disconnected or um, how everything was built, right? Like you're going and reconnecting warehouses, for lack of a better term, with like delivery bots out to, you know, people that are trying to live lives. And all of those different connective pieces never gave me a sense of like, oh, we're building a community as much more like we're delivering like a fabrication network that can help rebuild um, but rebuild from like an infrastructure perspective. That's a great, okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about it from that angle. Yeah. It did seem clear that so much of this game was directly attacking like Amazon and the nature of Amazonian like workers, hmm. like the people who get addicted to package delivery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's an interesting and on the nose. Well, like... I mean, don't the people like, they literally turn into the bad guys. Like yeah. one version of a faction of people that are like drunk on deliveries and what, like are, what are they called? The, um, the Packers or... Um, it feels like it's going to be even more direct than the Packers. What are they called? I avoided them for most of the game. Yep. I, I mean, you and me both. Which was great. That meant that... the that was driving home another mechanic, right? Like, if you're driven to combat in this game, that would not be very connective. Yeah. Um, oh, God. They're called mules. That's right. Which... Also on the nose. Yep. Yeah, they were killing porters and things of that nature as well. I think the thing that I constantly come back to was how on the nose it was to start the game of, like, literally putting handcuffs on, and that's when you get connected. Like... Did you have a problem with when this game was really direct? This is like a media in general question, I think. No, I kind of enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed <laughs> that it was just... <laughs> just go for yeah, it. Yeah, it's just, I was like, if you're going to send it, like, just send it. Like, you don't need to either go the far other direction of, you know, show, don't tell, and really bring something up and talk about themes in a complex way and trust that I'm going to figure out the theme that you're talking about. Or just go full throated in the other direction. Yeah, just give be it to like, me. yeah, just like, 
All right, well, you're going to put handcuffs on now, and you're connected to the internet, and we're going to pay you in likes and be like, oh, okay, like, sure, let's let's have that conversation, because we can go that way, too. From a theme perspective, like, where did you come at it from? Like, what do you think they were trying to say about the internet or our connective nature? As we're going to see a lot in any future episodes, I'm obsessed with Brenda Romero's quote, the mechanic is the message. Mm-hmm. So when I think about themes in a game, what I think about is, does the story actually agree with what you're doing? And that's why I mentioned avoiding the mules being so important. Because mm. if this game really emphasized its combat, that would not be resonant with the theme of connection. Right. Um, though I wouldn't doubt Kojima could bend over backwards in a cutscene to explain how that was also fulfilling <laughs> connection. But I mean, what does it say then that, you're, that your other piece there is avoiding people right you're avoiding the bts you're avoiding the mules you're like trying to yeah you're avoiding death you're avoiding the aspects of society that don't want to reconnect that's not entirely true though you do go convince them by doing them favors which is interesting true that's a very video game version of real life right yeah like how do you get um non community oriented people to become community oriented you just give them gifts until they do yeah um (laughs) It's not the best, like, most deep view, but I thought, I just think it's so important that games have a message that's good. Yeah. That, honestly, any attempt at making a game about a connection already gets it like a B from me. That's fair. So, so which, which which isn't really an answer to your question. I think, like, after playing this game, people talked about how it was, like, totally a new thing and how it was its own new genre. And I don't agree like, with that. It's the strand genre. Yeah, it's like, I don't think that's true mechanically at all. No. Technically, it might be true, like on a technological level. Like there certainly was some like the scope and the the excellence of it all was right, the, new, but the triple A it's only new simulator. for a time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely didn't really think deeply about how yeah you are reconnecting a corporation and the corporation is kind of what represents the country slash is what's going to save the country slash is what's going to build it that's almost like uncomfortably wrapped up in the present but i think like i did want to get to the coast i did want to finish this game yeah i wanted to not not just to see what wacky shit he was going to say at the end like <laughs> i was, was motivated a, by there that goal. had to have been like a small part of that where you're like all right, like absolutely, yeah. If we're going for it, yeah. Go? Where, the, yeah. How, how, how are you going to try and pull this one back together? I really liked how pretty it was. Also, it was a motor. Right, that's not really theme related, though. I don't know. I felt like I just loved him, like explaining everything to me. I really love that in all kinds of media. The overly verbose explanation, like the fact that he felt the need to explain how asexual people existed in the world of Death Stranding, and apparently he didn't quite get that right, according to articles on Polygon, but, like, I love that that's in there. I love that, like, every single person you meet is, like, sending you cool emails. It's just an optimistic dystopia. The emails are... They're so also, sweet. There's, like, a weird. lot going on there, too. There's it's not lot. like, here's a hundred and fifty words that we like typed up real quick. It's like, no, like here's, you know, a nice like thousand word dissertation on something happening on this part of the world. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, sure. I guess I'll hear about your life going on over there. That's neat. Yeah. There's but, like divorces and marriages. And yeah. There's people that you that reconnected. Yeah. And then yeah. they, and then they're like, um, turns out not a big fan of this dude. I ran back to my other hide a hole. 
And then her mom was like, actually, I realized I made a mistake and they're reconnected now, right? Yeah, like I think some, so. Something. There, there's so much in this game that's so heartfelt in such a like auteurish kind of over-explanation way that I couldn't not be charmed by it. And the fact that he was using that energy to build a theme of something positive was really meaningful to me. And that was the part that got me the most in COVID, I think. It's like, it's just nice to have a game that's like a good, <laughs> that's trying for something good. Right. I think it's nice. I think the mechanic being the message is the huge part of that, right? Yeah. Like, there's nothing, I never felt required to engage in combat or like combat was a solution. That's actually something, um, that I think as we move into kind of what triple A aspects were yeah. taken into this is like the boss fights, like definitely feel incongruous with like what the experience was. Ooh, I didn't yeah. feel the need to have combat with different massive BTs to gate my progress. Like that part didn't feel as comfortable as something where, you know, you're able to, use stealth or use other ways to work your way around it. I know we're not, it's not an immersive sim, right? We're not talking about a deus ex level of being able to explore or exploit the environment to get around it. But I kind of wish there was another option to go combat less through the entire experience. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this does mark a good segue into talking about what is AAAE about this game. Yeah, not Troy Baker. Yeah. <laughs> or, sorry, definitely Troy Baker. I definitely think. Troy Baker, yeah. Like, I don't know why... I don't know why there needed to be a villain in this game, considering Mads Mikkelsen was a really cool and personal, like, villain. Yeah, or at least this... He was a driving force. Like, whether you call him a villain or what his was technical... He? Did like, he drive you? He only drove me to the very ending. I, I was definitely captivated by the moments that were kind of flashback experiences right and trying to experience like wandering around the jungles of vietnam i'm like i'm not really into the fact that we're having to shoot at each other but at the same time why why is this part why is this war zone important to your history yeah well but that's mads though yeah why was what were you uh, talking about were you talking about troy baker yeah Higgs? why oh. is why is Higgs in this game i i left sorry. him out of my plot description completely because yeah. i didn't really care right and i'm not really sure why he's just the guy that wants the extinction to occur right like his yeah. entire purpose is i want to force amelie to do the thing yeah I, yeah i want to force the extinction event does happen like I'm literally like the Higgs boson particle, right? Like the God particle. Oh, it's that's like, right. Yeah, like we are. <laughs> yep. Like, that's two. Continuing the theme if, here. If we had a bell, we'd ding it for yeah. times where I realize a dumb thing. Yeah. So, yeah, outside of people are going to want to be powerful. Like that was kind of the theme that he was representing to me was that power corrupts. Like, yeah. Okay. Like that's, but that's not interesting right like no it was it just felt like a conventional story plot stuck into an yeah. already compelling like i hey, was hey trying. reconnect the world is not much less compelling to me than reconnect the world because there's a bad like evil guy that is bad yeah that wants to not connect the world yeah and wants to literally st i mean i guess that's what it is right like he's supposed to be the driving force that 
convinces you you need to make it to the end so you can stop the extinction event before you know that Amelie is the entity. You're right. That does that gives you the yeah. I f- you only really learn about Amelie at the very end of the game. Yeah. So that so makes sense. up until that point, you're kind of trying to stop that event from occurring, and you're at least the player's kind of motivations up to that is driven by thinking that Higgs is the one that's going to cause the extinction event, or at yeah. least is the one that's the bringer of that. That makes sense. But all that said, I still don't know. You know, with the themes of connection, is there a benefit in forcing combat? In both the Higgs and the Nads. Yeah, both of those, like, require you to interact in that way and and overcome something and overcome, you know, quite a bit there. And I'm I'm just not sure if if that ever resonated with me outside of, please don't knock me over, I don't want to have to pick up all my shit again. Yeah, like I that totally was kind agree. of my thought through those entire processes. Was like, cool. I hope I have weapons that are good enough to make me quickly get through this, so I can get back to just wandering around and delivering packages. Because I don't, I just don't care. It's interesting because I think the the um, what was Mads? I keep referring to him by his actor name. Who was that? Oh gosh, um, I'll just keep saying Mads. Yeah, you can keep saying moment, Mads but... since that's. Um, Where now my brain is broken and doesn't understand <laughs> what his actual name was. His scenes were at least cool. Yeah. Like, technically, and they were fun to play, and it kind of reminded Clifford you Clifford that... Unger. That's right. Mr. Unger. Yeah, that's pretty good. It reminded you that it's built on a good engine for shooting, if nothing else. Right. Like, Horizon feels good. Yeah. The, the movement and things of that nature do feel good. Yeah. So, in his sections, that kind of was fine. Yeah, and then in Troy in Higgs's sections, the acting was so fantastic, and this everything looked so good that it was cool to have it just for more of that. Yeah, but certainly on the narrow narrative and thematic level, I agree. It didn't. It not only did it not add anything, I think it sort of detracted from the purity of the theme. That's the interesting part. Is like it's taking us to unpack this because I'll be honest. Like I was definitely like a stand for whenever Troy Baker and Higgs showed up. Yeah. I was like, what the. It's going to happen here. Like yeah. I am, I am into whatever you are going to do and whatever nonsense that is about to be thrown at me. Like, yes, grab my cool. popcorn. Yeah, he yeah. was very cool. But like the scene where he forces Quiet like to walk out basically naked was very intense. Yes, I don't see a lot of like uh, archetypically evil scenes that are like affecting, but that one was like, ooh, fuck this guy. Yeah, you're like, cool. You can either protect an entire city that will go up in flames and explode from a, you know, a nuclear detonation. It's fragile, not quiet. Um, Excuse me. Whoop. Or, you know, you go out into the time fall, which is going to speed up your aging and essentially kill you quickly. The time fall is such a cool concept that, like, relates to the theme and the mechanics that it ages your packages. So tell me more about that. Like, why, why did you feel that there was, like, a deep connection there? Well, I don't think there's a deep connection. It's just, okay. it's interesting that, like, you can see a designer in the room asking, what would make this harder? Oh, if your packages broke down, right? what would make that happen besides falling? I was... Rain that makes them age? I was just curious of, what's the, do we know the universe reason for, like, why Timefall exists? Like, it is a oh, strange God. thing that, you know... Yeah. Or... 
having something that increases aging, which I guess could mean death is coming sooner. Like, that's kind of the closest piece that I come up to it. Other than, like, it being a cool mechanic, I never felt like I understood why, you know, the the stranding brought forth that specific thing. I don't think I know. Okay. I, I thought that it... Doesn't it say something about it being something in, like, time? Like, I, I don't know. I really don't know. It, um, yeah. You want to look it up? No. Um, I think it's just a, it's an interesting thing. I don't... We don't have to know. That's that's part of the joy of a sixty-hour game or old Kojima. Yeah, exactly. It's like I I think the closest thing that I'd be super curious to have someone else that did think about it or has you know further thoughts on it of being like, is it just a aging thing? Is it is there yeah. something else there? You know, that's the closest I can come up with. Is like it, is it causes the, deterioration, the physical material of the yeah, because no, it ages her like skin too. So right. It's not, yeah. So it ages humans and it, you know, it also, I guess, ages in rust packages and things like that. They, it gets them towards their logical end state. That also does explain why the landscape looks so Icelandic, though, I just realized. Icelandic is an ancient landscape in yeah. some senses, right? So, That's like, true. if it just, if time were accelerated in a wet world with a lot of rain, I you think you would really end have, up with... You would have a lot of rock and... Rock and moss. Yeah, moss and... I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't either, which is interesting. Yeah, you wouldn't have a lot of trees and obviously you wouldn't have a lot of buildings and things of that nature. Like, all of that would just huh. deteriorate. Huh. Okay. All right, well, great. Now I understand why the United States looks that way, so I'm... Now I'll make fun of the Iceland thing a little less. Yeah. Um, I had this note that the the least AAA thing about this game was how unpitchable it is <laughs> and how, like... Every AAA trailer you've ever seen, like, tries to sell you on the game in 30 seconds or less yeah. and give you the most complete understanding they can. Not this game. This game was like, what if I just confound you in every trailer? And yeah. It's and like, it worked. It definitely worked. It was like, what was, like, the opening trailer was Norman Reedus, like, on a beach, and then there's, like, the BTs kind of visible over the water out in front of you, and you're like, what the fuck's happening? And then I think they followed that up, and I can't remember... It was the next trailer, but it was like Clifford Unger with a machine gun and Guillermo del Toro like wandering through a sewer in like a war torn city, and you're like, "How, How the are these things connected? Yeah, what yeah. what is even happening here? Like, are we getting a shooter? What like what? That was before even anyone knew like what is the actual game, and I don't right. think many people knew what the actual game was until it launched. Which is awesome. I yeah, mean, that's I, right, yeah. I don't pay attention to trailers too much, but I so many people were talking about. I don't think just because it was his game. I think it was because people were just like, honestly, what is this though? Yeah, like like even the haters couldn't be like, well, that's trash because it just was so far afield that you're like, I, I honestly don't even know if I hate that. It's important to remember also that like the backing of Sony here was clearly yeah. instrumental in this. They continued to pitch it as a showcase-esque title. It had top billing at different events throughout the time from when they announced the partnership with Kojima to releases closer to the actual release date. But there was definitely a lot going on there where like, you kept seeing this very strange thing show up in the same conference that you're getting Call of Duty and destiny and whatever other updates for you know all these other types of games so it always stood in like stark contrast where i think if you would have seen this at annapurna's showcase you've been like oh 
something weird is happening. Okay, like You're that right. kind of fits the bill. But I think it was the context, the context and the contrast between what it was shown against was like, what the hell is happening here? Yeah, Th- there must be a normal game behind this for this to show up here, right? Yeah, exactly. Like right? there's something happening here. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think you had included a note about the leveling system. Yeah, I I'm still absolutely baffled like i think i was level 200 or something by the time i finished yeah i have no idea outside of a couple of the different kind of rpg elements of like delivery time and like the quality of the delivery right like did the stuff show up in good condition i have no idea what was generating the metrics there and comparing my level against the other real life people right like that's something we didn't even comment on right is that you are connected to other people through the real internet in our lives right and seeing their contributions and building on the world is also reflected in your game right and as you reconnect to the world you get a benefit from that but seeing other characters and going into the menu and being like oh i can see what other people have been through this area and see what level they are i'm like Neat. I have no freaking <laughs> idea what any of these numbers have to do with anything other than they the keep going ones. up. Yeah. yeah. And like, great. Like, there's not really a transition in that. You know, as you go through the game, you do get power ups, for lack of a better term, right? You get like better exoskeletons and you get things that help you move quicker, you know, different pieces there. But none of that's, you know, leveling up per se as much as it is getting better equipment so it's it's always felt disconnected to me i feel like there were like five petals of the flower that represented your level and your yeah. level was the sum of all five and three of them would be basically the same yeah just a linear like ascent based on your progression through the game yeah and then there was one for mission time and i was like okay i guess if you did a bunch of the urgent missions you'd get that one higher yeah and then there but, was one but other why? yeah why like, would what, you what's yeah, the, what's the yeah. point am i supposed to be judging my friends on that but it's just a way to see what kind of quests they've done. And that's like the, not the, not the part of this game I'd want to talk to my friends about. No. And I almost, the only way that I could contextualize it was that the, even the fact of including leveling there was a commentary on our, you know, drive to be like, yeah, our worth. Like, um, if you're going to combine likes as something that is part of the interface and then you combine, this leveling up in this progression of like, this is how I feel like I'm doing a good job. Yay me. Like it, it definitely felt like it was, I don't even know. It was like camouflaged, right? It was like camouflaged into the interface and into the worldview, but also making a statement of this is all meaningless. But (laughs) if it makes you feel better, it makes you feel motivated. Then like, that's why we're putting gamification in here because you want to see a number tick up, but it doesn't actually fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's commentary, then the likes are definitely commentary, also. Yeah. It, yeah, that's interesting um, and hilarious. Um, if someone knows that there's a purpose to the leveling and it's like meaningfully changing your play experience, I would love to know. But I, I would absolutely just love to too. Can't imagine there is. Yeah, then we could transition to how I played a whole game and didn't know what the purpose of leveling was when there was an obvious one, which is also weird. Were there multiple endings in this game? 
I have no idea. I don't think there was. I thought I kept trying to shoot her. Okay, yeah. I was like every and it didn't let me. And then it the game ended not. four times over. <laughs> Two hours before it ended. Four hours before it four ended. Four hours, yeah. I was like I do remember starting the ending on a Sunday morning and then being like, I guess it's, I guess uh, it's my Sunday day evening, so that's neat. Neat. Um Yeah, I didn't think there was any agency in the ending because I think I did the same thing you did and I kept trying to figure out how to win and then it was like no that's not how this works and kept restarting and i was like okay i don't actually i'm pretty sure i actually looked up how to finish the game like i kept it was hitting a fail state and i'm like i just don't care it was so bizarre i don't it told us there was a choice the game i don't it was so weird but i'm pretty sure there wasn't yeah i don't think so either that part really threw me off to the point where i was like annoyed i'm pretty sure yeah because Gosh, now I'm thinking back to last year, and I'm pretty sure that was why I looked it up. Was like you're saying I can do something, right? And then I keep failing, which I think this is the only time in the game where I did actually look and be like, "What the? What fuck? is happening here?" Because yeah. like I want, like I just unfortunately at that point, then I'm heading to the end with, I just want this to be finished instead of like I have a curiosity of why it's doing this, which that I think call- is a bit of a failing. That calls back to the like what makes this game unrecommendable. Yeah, you have to find a way to play this game without ever having that thought, or you have to like call it quits as soon as you're like, when when can I go? Yeah, because as soon as you're in that space, this game is all bullshit. That true. Well, especially the four hour ending. It's funny because we all talk about you know certain games that we think waste people's time. Yeah, right? and you're like you talk about. A JRPG that adds a bunch of like mundane battles so you can level up your character, and you're like, this is literally just adding padding. And right. then we now have like a 40 hour game of essentially padding, right? It's kind of funny because like we talk about, I don't know, farming in games, right? And you're like, I'm gonna farm experience, and here is like, I'm gonna well farm deliveries. <laughs> it's a, a bewilderment that someone was able to make a game out of the part of other open world games that people dislike the most yeah i mean right that's <laughs> like, like yeah yeah right, you if, if you walked into a pitch and you're like all right so listen i really want to make an open world game we're gonna have people going all over across the u.s i want four really hours cool. of cutscenes at multiple points yeah definitely long movie length expensive cgi cutscenes. yeah but also the bulk of the game fetch quest Okay, I'm listening. Here's $200 million. How yeah. much did this game cost? Right. I Probably somewhere in that range, I would imagine. A lot. Yeah. But yeah, it is, I mean, I, I can't imagine being in the pitches. This is were. an unpitchable, non-profit-making game that... Definitely made great. a profit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is incredible. I don't know if it's just... I think we'll talk more about Kojima himself here in a bit, but it yeah. is it is quite an achievement for all the bullshit it did really well. That is entirely true. So, exploring the world, doing fetch quest-like activities. Yep. What did you do in all of that downtime? There's a lot of time of just wandering around the world. I, you would think, I'm a big podcast guy. Yeah. You'd think that would be obvious. Yeah. But I enjoyed being in this world so much that I didn't quite have the, like, spare attention. This wasn't like a nothing thoughts game. Kind of fucking shocked. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I'm like legit shocked. I thought maybe the first 10 or 20 hours, but I figured by the time that you're doing deliveries 30 hours in, that it'd be like, 
all right, turning my brain off, doing deliveries, and just kind of running them. No. I That would make sense, and I'm sure any sane person would do that. I've never been so motivated by side quest bullshit as building roads across this goddamn world. Yeah, it was so fun. Did spend a lot of time building roads. And I loved like having it was to very th- satisfying. Think. It really was. I loved having to think at every mission, like, okay, I'm gonna go off here, get some resources, build more roads to make two thirds of my journey to the place. Mm. And the terrain was so good, like that huge fissure that ran down yeah. kind of the east side of the main area, like really was challenging to get around. I really like the way this game I don't really like using stuff in games. Yeah. And in this game, like literally having to wear it on your back makes it hard. So I didn't often have, like, ladders, which is great, because I think the game was a little better when you were, like, reckoning with the landscape instead of just plopping down ladders across it. I definitely would agree there. And avoiding the enemies and sometimes getting in combat, like, it all just, like, was enough for me to not... It it was just the magic balance to me where I was doing side quests and they were kind of nothing, but I was motivated and I was engaged and I was thinking the whole time. And also, anytime I did try to listen, it would pull one of its awesome music cues on me. And I would yeah. always immediately stop everything because the music is so great. It's I just perfect. really wish there were more of those moments. It's also very interesting that, like, it acknowledges that music is about to start playing. Like, yeah. it puts, like, the title track and, like, the artist name, like, straight up on the screen. And it's like, oh, I I don't know. I never actually knew when those were going to queue up, which I thought yeah. probably made it more interesting experience. Because when those did queue up, it wasn't like, oh, something major is about to happen. It was like... I've just kind of explored an area and I get to explore it now with this music. Like it never to me felt like this was queuing up a, oh, there's the music, big moment coming. It was like sometimes you would just wander into an area and be like, oh, I'm just part of the landscape. It was a, I had a trust in the game design. that The music meant there wasn't something going to happen for a bit, which is really cool. It was just you and the terrain. I was in a similar state to you where there was enough, a lot of the time that was interesting um to explore the world i think i did somewhere on the back half i think i turned on some podcasts but i think i was interrupted whenever a music would swell yeah. and i'd be like and not listen to that like yeah. gonna gonna pivot back to it i think um there was definitely a couple points where i was cleaning up the map for lack of a better term i was like i want better roads throughout this area yeah. and in those ones sense. where i was like kind of backtracking on myself and i'm like there's literally like, I know the next story mission takes me to another part. Like, I know I've kind of done what the game expects me to do in this area, except build further connections out. And in those moments, I'm pretty sure I had gone back to... Either, I might have even had an audiobook on, um, but something Wait. that I was listening to. That makes sense. Yeah. Did you have a favorite item that you did use that you like, kind of tried to keep on you because it was just kind of what you would fall back to? Um... I I loved using the container spray. Okay. It was just intensely satisfying to like have to plot packages down and just. Did you ever just leave it on you and just turn the spray around and just spray it at your face? Does that. It gets it on your back. Okay, great. Which is like. I figured. Yeah, it was very good. I was like, this is enjoyable to me to just like spray it directly at me. And it's like, all right. It looks like me using suntan lotion when the sun's out. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, very good. I'm sure it won't get in my eyes. Oh my God, it hurts. (laughs) Yeah, this is a problem. Um,. I loved, man, okay, what is, like, narrative, like, mechanically? Laying down ladders was cool. Yeah. I loved, 
this isn't really an answer, but I loved how the gun, how you like pulled guns out of your back and like slapped them to the side and their cases fell off. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's just very cool. There, there definitely is some great, not even just UI work, but just like, I think the UI actually is kind of interesting, um, of how you kind of explore the map, but there's just a lot of great animation work of these little things that tell you what's going on, that telegraph kind of what the experience is or kind of add some sort of um, heft to it or juice, I think. Um, Did you build a lot of the, I don't know, sky cranes, for lack of a better term, or the... The zip lines? Yeah, the zip lines. I actually did, yeah. And especially when the game ended and you're able to go back, I found myself building those kind of all around the terrain, even over the areas I'd built roads on, which I was like, oh man, this game is really... This really got me. <laughs> Once those kind of came into existence, like, I got very interested in how to set them up in like the way to get the furthest. And like I was yeah. trying to like challenge myself with like it's like this is out of range. I'm like, I'm gonna find a place as close to the end of the range yeah. as possible that has as many views of as many different ones also. Yeah, totally. I felt like a surveyor. Yeah. I was trying to make the most pretty and efficient route. Right. And not just duplicate the road. I did feel like I always needed to have a rope on me, like the rope. That yeah, you can kind that of, makes sense. That was kind of the one thing where I was like, ladders, I could figure out ways to get up and even if it meant going around. But when I came to somewhere and I was like, I need to get down, it was like, I would rather just be able to be like, plop, like off we go. I think I made the mistake of carrying ladders thinking that they would be both good at up and down. And mm-hmm. the ladders down could be tricky because it would let you deploy them even in cases where they didn't go all the way down. <laughs> like, it's like, oh man, I nailed them. <laughs> yeah. So the rope would have been good. That is fair. Thinking about the triple A-ness of this game and, mm-hmm. you know, the different aspects of that, you kind of feel like an asshole for liking this game? Well, it's like, definitely not the triple A parts that make okay. me feel like an asshole. It's the, like, overly verbose voice of the creator being, like, not just over your shoulder, but directly in your ear, licking yeah. your brain <laughs> with, like, direct statements on the meaning of the game. They're... I'm not sure why, but I think in our time, we really don't like the voice of the creator being abundantly clear. I think it's related to like the patriarchy and white men telling people how to live. Yeah. I think for a lot of reasons, we've moved really far away from it. So really strong pushback just in current culture of like, there shouldn't be auteur creators, right? Like that is bad and like more visions need to be, you know, of a group of individuals that have different lived experiences and like a singular thought process doesn't lead to good outcomes. I agree. And that's why I phrased this question so guiltily. Um, <laughs> but I love it. It's weird. It's way more weird when one person's out there and I love it so much more than a perfectly polished, well-rounded experience. Right. It doesn't feel to me like there was a bunch of play testers that sat in a room and said like, what is or is not fun and then told them to like go take these notes and make it into something yeah right like i I love that in books i love that in everything basically but i do of course want a world where more people are able to bring their experiences to bear that my passion is to empower a diversity of auteurs instead of just you know white guys yeah (laughs) or in this case a japanese guy japanese guy so this Japanese guy, Hideo Kojima, and his influence here, does it outweigh or outstrip the game in any way? Like, did you ever feel like it was overbearing to the point of being like, Kojima, give it a rest? Or, I mean, 
No, I loved it. Yeah, okay. Every single moment. Ex- ah, well, the ending where uh, the Amelie scene just kept going on and on, and that like faked me into thinking there was a choice. I didn't see... I couldn't even find a charitable interpretation for why that was happening. Yeah, that's fair. I'm sure there was one, but personally, that was the one that got me. And I think kind of like we talked about in the Kentucky Route Zero episode. Yeah. I think even if you're into this sort of stuff... Everyone's going to have a different scene where they're like, mm, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think you might have pushed it a little too far. Yeah. But I just get so excited that someone's pushing it too far. Like that's so much better than right. a Far Cry 5. That's somehow like claiming to be about something and is about less than something. Right. Yeah. We're not a political game. We're set as a militia in northern U.S. during the Trump years. It's like, OK. And then you start playing. You're like, I mean, you're certainly not saying anything. So. That's... Yeah, and I think I think games have such a history of doing that. Yeah, especially in recent memory, like window dressing without actually confronting what the yeah the piece is. That I love a big slappy slappy drooling attempt <laughs> to do it. You know, like I can't. Yeah, but I think Craig, in the question, am I an asshole for liking this game? Yep. We're gonna take a little microcosm down literary history corner. Would love to know this. Do you tell. remember the Odra deck? The little star-shaped thing that pops up on your shoulder? Yes. It made a lot of really annoying noises, and the slow motion, like, pew, it popping out, drove me absolutely bonkers. Really? I thought that was so cool. I thought it was very cool the first 50 to 100 times it happened, and then less cool every time in an escalating fashion after that. Oh, you're not even highlighting the best part, which is when it pops out while you're using a zipline. Yeah, which is just... That's, like, just insulting. (laughs) Let me read you from a Wikipedia article. Okay. About the cares of a family man, written by Franz Kafka, between 1914 and 1917, about a creature called the Ogre Deck. Okay. Um, at first glance, it looks like it... And stop me when this becomes unsubtle. <laughs> okay. At first glance, it looks like a flat, star-shaped spool for unsubtle. thread. Unsubtle. Oh, bummer. <laughs> and indeed, it does seem to have thread wound upon it. To be sure, there are only old broken off bits of thread, not entangled together, of the most varied sorts and colors. But it is not only a spool, for a small wooden crossbar sticks out of the middle of the star, and another small rod is joined to that at a right angle. Does that sound familiar to you? A little bit. These details offer the reader the ability to examine and criticize the purpose and necessities of objects for things or people such as Udredek. Odredek is described as an object, yet, yet also is given a hypothetical humanoid appearance when the narrator describes the object as being able to stand upright on two points of the star. Oh, man. So, that's all pretty on the nose. Okay. But are you ready for what people have written about it? Please. Um, so we have two interpretations. Okay. Of course, we have the critique of capitalism. Which, obviously, a star on your shoulder that's humanoid is a critique of capitalism. <laughs> not, not even going to bother to explain that. But the more interesting one is, Odredek appears to represent an object with no clear purpose or apparent use. It appears not unlike an exhausted spool for thread wound about by old broken-off bits of thread knotted and tangled together of the most varied sorts and colors. Okay. However, the text makes it explicit that there is no apparent use for the object. As such, scholars such as Samuel Rammelmeyer have argued that the obscurity and uselessness of the object serves to create a foil for the narrator. He argues that the object's apparent uselessness when seen in light of the existential dread pervading the last paragraph can be understood as underlining the narrator's lack of purpose. This is very good. Yeah, right? I love that there's just something in there that's like literarily considered to represent 
the like pointlessness of it all, which really resonates with Bridges himself or with Sam's like, Sam's not invested in this entire journey. No, he actively like rejects the journey to start. I and hate then, America. Yeah. He's like, I'm not doing this. And then yeah. his adopted mother dies and he's like, yeah, I'm See still ya. not doing this. Yeah. And then Amelie comes and he's like, fucking fine. Like, I guess if I have to do part of this, but like, I'm only doing the bare minimum. While looking at his handcuffs, no less. Yeah, it's exactly. like not. Yeah, it's not. It, it's just. I'm sure there are so many more. I'm sure we just picked the shallowest of them all, the Odor deck, but there are so many things in this game, I'm sure, that are like. That's really interesting. Like, thank you for sharing that because I. I thought it was a cool visual motif, like what it was doing as it was unspooling and kind of unwinding, but I didn't think about it from that perspective or know that well, historical how, literary how could perspective. You have, right? Yeah, like, like that is a. Unless you've read Kafka, like English yeah. students only. Yeah, that um, is interesting. But I think in our culture also there's this idea that like unexplained, non pretty explicitly stated references are also pretentious. Yeah. And this, I think this is a great example because you don't have to know and it's not asking you to know and it's not ever like sneering at you for not getting it. It's just completely unstated, which is cool. Yeah, I think it's almost an Easter egg for those that are in the know, right? Like it's I kind agree. of a, a cool way of acknowledging like, hey, if you know what this reference is, like you're going to understand the themes a little bit more deeply. But if you don't, like that's cool too. And like there's still at the surface level, a cool thing here. Totally. I feel like we kind of glossed over Kojima's licking your brain and when that was too right. much. That's what I was curious about. Like, is there, could anyone else make this? Ooh. Well, even before that. Okay. Did you like how present he was? Was it interesting to you? So I didn't think Kojima specifically was overly present, right? Mm. Like, I... I don't pretend to know the man and I don't, I don't have much experience with his previous works, right? Like I, I've tried to get into Metal Gear and I've failed multiple times. Like I was a, a day one, I will buy Metal Gear Solid 4, Sons of the Patriot. Like, yep, i come home and stick it in. And then I think I made it through the first cutscene, and I never touched it again. Nice. Um, the only other games that I've ever finished that he's made uh, that I can recall are the Zone of the Enders games. Oh, I didn't know those were his. Yeah, which are like this weird Kojima side piece of kind of action robots. Um, Very cool. Like, I loved those. So all of that said, right, like Kojima's still a bit of a black box to me, right? Like, I can very much tell that these are like themes that he cares about and he wants to tell us. But I never felt like it was someone specifically shouting like a very specific thing in me, right? Like it did feel to me that the narrative was crafted by more than just one person. Even though it was presented in a way that I think was one person's vision, like the actual context and how things unraveled didn't feel singular. I think this is good, like a really good way to put that. Because you're right that it's not like, I guess when we say the voice of the creator, we typically think of like. I think of like what his politics are. Like, what are his viewpoints? Like, that's what I think of. But this is about his viewpoints. But it's not like sure. specific enough to activate the negative part of that expression. Exactly. Right. Like, it's it's him presenting a worldview, but it's not him. 
And I guess, depending on how far down you want to go, like, you could say, like, he is making a declaration, like, things are bad or something like that, or, like, people's addictiveness to social media is bad. But I don't know. It it didn't come off to me as being this... That was almost subtextual, really. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel like he was literally saying, like, if you don't agree with me, you this you don't have room to play this game, right? Or yeah. experience this, which I think some stuff does get into that of like, if you don't agree with my viewpoints, like just turn it off. And I never felt like it crossed into that territory. I think by that standard, we're not an asshole for liking this game. Yeah, I would because I think that would include things like obnoxious literary references that were like you were you were being sneered at for not getting right or stuff that's like. Yeah, I think the literary references actually is probably the key one, but just other references to just worldly events or something of that nature being like, oh, you don't understand this? Then, cool, like, I'm not even, I'm not going to explain this to you. Like, you just won't understand what I'm doing here. Yeah. To, again, reference Kentucky Route Zero, they weren't even so obviously presented that, like, people like Will would be led to expect that they would deliver into something. They were just there because someone thought it was cool in a way that almost feels even more fluent with the game than it did in Kentucky Route Zero. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Did you think for your first Kojima game, did you feel like he was overly present throughout it? Like, I just thought I was like, the, someone has a vision and that's fine. But I, I don't think it ever, besides the ending, to me, it didn't ever take away from the experience. I think this is a lot like when I played Disco Elysium and was like, reminded of what games can be that I just haven't engaged with. And mm. where in this one, it's like a viewpoint and the budget together. Yeah. That's... Make something that felt like pretty distinct. But I mean, maybe that's not true. You, you play a lot more of large budget games. Yeah. Um, something about this feels a little different. Yeah. I think the, the way that he presents his games are, like, very specific to him, I guess, probably, right? Like, yeah. you can tell that it's a guy that wanted to be in film and also is interested in interactive medium and hasn't found a way to join those together in the most efficient use. At least that's kind of what I get from him is, like, he wants to make movies and he wants to make games and he wants those to intertwine with one another, but... He's also fine with them being separate, but joined. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I would push back on that. I think that's more of a David Cage thing. And even yeah. David Cage, I think it's kind of, or maybe the industry around him has kind of made his works make more sense and less like they felt at the beginning, which was like, oh, yeah, you know, this could be a movie. To me, Kojima is, there's too many like meta things happening and too many like commentaries in the mechanics. I guess that's the real difference for me again is because you're doing something that relates to the plot. Yeah. Even if it does use a lot of like outright movies within the game, it yeah. still feels like it's embracing being a game in a different way than um, like a shooter with a ton of cutscenes would, for example. Right. I think it gets back to your point in the beginning, which was so prescient, which is mechanics are the message. Like yeah. that, like those things. And that's probably what carried me through is that that was the steel thread that led you from beginning to end. Was yes. like that that mechanic, no matter all of the other shenanigans that happened around it, like all the other, you know, different experiences and different cutscenes, like you always came back to that. Yeah. And speaking of coming back to that. Coming back to that. Do you have any concluding thoughts about Death Stranding? 
Has talking about it made you unrecommend it? No. It, it makes me recommend it harder. Yeah. Like, I'm actually more interested in... After the experience that I had last year, I think... I kind of came away being that was an interesting diversion of what a alternate pathway for AAA games could be. Like, it was kind of a... Uh, almost like a neat sideshow in some ways. But thinking about how it utilizes some of those methods and mechanics and how it intertwines those things to say something is giving me a deeper appreciation for it. Even though when I finished it, it was obscured by kind of the ending and like the frustration there and the fact that the story to me had so much kind of going in as it was wrapping up at the end. Also, there's just like a lot to take in there. And now thinking yeah. back of it and being like, no, what were the experiences during the 40 hours preceding that? And that being like, oh, that holds true. And that's the part that I've really embraced throughout our conversation. Yeah, I totally agree. A couple of people asked me to describe the plot so far while I was playing. And I kind of found the passion for the plot there. Like, oh, there's a mm. lot of stuff happening. It's all kind of interesting. Yeah. It all is. It doesn't feel like a series of events as much as like one. Yeah, I, I don't know. It it felt it was cool. It does also feel like there's like some distinct parts, right? Like not least like by the map. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You you do have these things that chunk it up into like cool, like here's a large scene. Here's a large scene at the beginning, kind of middle end, kind of the three act structure, but yeah. in between that you have like multiple hours of just kind of that empty time to connect. Um I loved any message of connecting humans is great, obviously. Especially, like, connecting humans through human technological inventions is just a, was really a breath of fresh air amidst all of the social, like, Facebook criticism and Twitter criticism and people kind of slowly turning against social media. Like, this was just kind of nice. Yeah. It was not, it, and it wasn't not complex for it. Right. Which was cool. I loved that being in a game. I, I can't say enough about how incredible it looked and sounded on the PC version. The DLSS, it ran incredibly. It, yeah. Um, is it one of the best-looking games you've ever played? It is the best-looking game I've ever played. Yeah, Every frame was beautiful. The cutscenes were great. I loved that. Um, whoever did the port, uh, which was... Who did the port? Um, I who actually handled that. Well, please. Uh, so it turns out Kojima Studios did the port, and fucking incredible. It looks so good. This was the game that taught me why DLSS is so cool, because it looked different than any game I've played at native resolution before. It looked better than downsampling. It was really interesting. That is really um, interesting. It is a really cool technology that turns out, I think that was the thing to be excited about NVIDIA's 20 series, not the ray tracing. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was bizarre seeing like clothing textures, like as close as you can get to them that still looked like perfectly high res. It's amazing. <laughs> so that was a big part of it. The sound design was incredible. The the atmosphere of the game and like its ambiance and the music that Ludwig Vassell did was very good. Um, I found myself wanting to listen to the soundtrack out of the game, but I didn't do it until I beat the game. And mm. I still listen to it pretty often. It's cool. Um, it must have a mood. It definitely has a mood. Yeah. Um, I also need to check out Low Roar, the band that like most oh, of the songs yeah. are from. I think that's just a band Kojima likes, which I guess 
Oh, we sure. didn't even talk about how it's just his friends in the game. I mean... Which I truly love. Yeah. I loved seeing Conan O'Brien in a game. That was great. Jeff Keighley. Is Conan O'Brien's wife really a cosplayer? I don't know. I don't know. That would be interesting. Herman Holst was in the game. Yep. At a PlayStation Studios now. Something yeah. about that just makes it feel more like a, a human game. Right. Made yeah. by someone, which is great. Not just choosing some default character thing because <laughs> yeah. you're like cool i need something to look generic you're like no these are real people yeah absolutely um i was occasionally annoyed but always delighted so yeah love it so last question yep are you interested in the director's cut should i be tell me about this i know that it's like more stuff i know kojima hates that it's called the director's cut yeah because it's not a cut <laughs> yeah right it is like this is it's like the usually we took a film term, which is director's cut, and applied it to video games, and it is not that. It is the opposite. It is a kind of deluxe, expanded, expanded edition of a bunch of stuff that they've thought about either since or some stuff they didn't have in there when they started it. But um, I'm interested, but I wouldn't replay it. Yeah, for I don't a think. Long time. Yeah, it would be. It would be an interesting thing of like maybe in I don't know five years yeah. to come back and be like. How does this thing hold up? What do I think about it now with distance from, like, hopefully the pandemic oh, is yeah. is in the rearview mirror by then, which... We're, I don't know yeah, if we're on a yeah. good track. Yeah, we're not, not really routing there right now, but... Um, and then to see, like, what other things have been added and be like, what... It would kind of give into the theme of the world of it being connected and that things can grow and change in it, which would be kind wow. of interesting to, to explore. But I think that would be for a, a future... Future decade, maybe. I also still have it installed. Like, I'm probably going to spend another 10 hours building out the full road network. Yeah. Which will probably prolong me wanting to replay the story for a little bit longer past. That um, makes sense. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to hear more of what's in there outside of seeing trailers and also being confused. I'm like, why is there a racetrack and, like, a racing game in here now? That's interesting. Well, now I which, have to be interested. Yeah, now, yeah. now we've gone back to the, the uh -oh. original narrative of, is it better of a racing game? Which, I sure wouldn't have thought that that would be a question they'd be asking, but I mean, we Kojima's already on it. The vehicles do kind of suck. Will there be a sequel? No, love. I don't think so. I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty fan. I'm, yeah. Well, the vehicles suck, but the like rising over the water is great. Yeah, that is true. Awesome. Death Stranding. What a game. Kojima Productions. I guess 100% of the Emotive Pixels crew that played this game recommends it. Yep, so <laughs> that's pretty good. Take that for what it is. Well, awesome. I guess that'll do it. Talk to you all next time. Thank you.